I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading 1 Chronicles chapter 7 through 10. This is the new King James version of the podcast. The King James version is also available. In chapter 7 of 1 Chronicles, we look at more genealogies. It's quite important to understand the purpose of the book of Chronicles, 1st and 2nd Chronicles. The exiles began leaving Judah in 605 BC. When the exiles returned to their land after 535 B.C., the author of Chronicles sought to give the returning exiles a perspective on their history and heritage. He therefore summed up and restated the essentials of the historical books that had preceded them. Isn't it interesting that Jews in the first century A.D. could trace their ancestors back 4,000 years, while I can only trace mine back about 250 years or so? We begin chapter 7 with the descendants of Issachar, verse 1. The sons of Issachar were Tola, Puah, Jashub, and Shimron, four in all. The sons of Tola were Uzai, Raphaim, Jerael, Jamai, Jibsam, and Shimuel, heads of their father's house. The sons of Tola were mighty men of valor in their generations. Their number in the days of David was 22,600. The son of Uzai was Israhiah, and the sons of Israhiah were Michael, Obadiah, Joel, and Ishiah. All five of them were chief men. And with them, by their generations, according to their father's houses, were thirty-six thousand troops ready for war, for they had many wives and sons. Now their brethren among all the families of Issachar were mighty men of valor, listed by their genealogies, eighty-seven thousand in all. Beginning in verse 6, we have the descendants of Benjamin. Verse 6. The sons of Benjamin were Bela, Becher, and Jediael, three in all. The sons of Bela were Esbon, Uzai, Uziel, Jeremoth, and Iri, five in all. They were the head of their father's houses, and they were listed by their genealogies, 22,034 mighty men of valor. The sons of Becher were Zemira, Joash, Eliezer, Eli, Oenai, Omri, Jeremoth, Abijah, Anathoth, and Alameth. All these are the sons of Becher. And they were recorded by genealogy according to their generations, heads of their father's houses, 20,200 mighty men of valor. The son of Jediael was Bilhan, and the sons of Bilhan were Jeush, Benjamin, Ehud, Kenanah, Zethan, Tharshish, and Ahishahar. All these sons of Jediael were heads of their father's houses. There were 17,200 mighty men of valor to go out for war and battle. Shupam and Hupam were the sons of Er, and Husham was the son of Ahir. We have just one verse devoted to the descendants of Naphtali. That's verse 13. The sons of Naphtali were Jaziel, Gunai, Jezer, and Shalom, the son of Bilhah. Then in verses 14 through 19, we have the descendants of Manasseh. Verse 14, the descendants of Manasseh, his Syrian concubine, bore him Maker, the father of Gilead, the father of Azrael. 
Maker took as his wife the sister of Hupam and Shupam, whose name was Ma'akah. The name of Gilead's grandson was Zelophehad, but Zelophehad begot only daughters. Ma'akah, the wife of Maker, bore a son, and she called his name Piresh. The name of his brother was Sheresh, and his sons were Ulam and Rechem. The son of Ulam was Bedan. These were the descendants of Gilead, the son of Maker, the son of Manasseh. His sister Hamalaketh bore Ishhad, Abiazer, and Malah. And the sons of Shemida were Ahian, Shechem, Lichai, and Aniam. In verses 20 through 29, we have the descendants of Ephraim. Verse 20, the sons of Ephraim were Shuthala, Berid his son, Tehoth his son, Elada his son, Tehoth his son, Zabad his son, Shephelah his son, and Ezer and Eliad. The men of Goth who were born in that land killed them because they came down to take away their cattle. Then Ephraim their father mourned many days, and his brethren came to comfort him. And when he went into his wife, she conceived and bore a son. And he called his name Bariah, because tragedy had come upon his house. Now his daughter was Sheera, who built Lower and Upper Beth Horon, and Uzan Sheera. And Rephal was his son, as well as Reshef and Tila his son, Tehan his son, Laadon his son, Amahad his son, Elishama his son, Nun his son, and Joshua his son. Now their possessions and dwelling places were Bethel and its towns, to the east Naaron, to the west Gezer and its towns, and Shechem and its towns, as far as Aiah and its towns. And by the borders of the children of Manasseh were Bethshin and its towns, Taanach and its towns, Megiddo and its towns, Dor and its towns. In these dwelt the children of Joseph, the son of Israel. And then we have the descendants of Asher, beginning with verse 30. The sons of Asher were Emnam, Ishvam, Ishvai, Bariah, and their sister Serah. The sons of Bariah were Heber and Melchiel, who was the father of Birzaeth. And Heber begot Japhlet, Shomer, Hotham, and their sister Shua. The sons of Japhlet were Pasach, Bimhal, and Ashvath. These were the children of Japhlet. The sons of Shemer were Ahai, Rogah, Jehubah, and Aram. And the sons of his brother Helam were Zophah, Imnah, Shelesh, and Amal. The sons of Zophah were Sua, Harnefer, Shual, Berai, Imrah, Bezer, Had, Shemah, Shilshah, Jithran, and Bera. The sons of Jether were Jephunneh, Pispah, and Aram. The sons of Ula were Aram, Haniel and Reziah. All these were the children of Asher, heads of their fathers' houses, choice men, mighty men of valor, chief leaders. And they were recorded by genealogies among the army fit for battle. Their number was 26,000. In chapter 8 of First Chronicles, we have a genealogy of Saul from the tribe of Benjamin. And we begin with verse 1. Now Benjamin begot Bela, his firstborn, Ashbel, his second, Ahara the third, Nohah the fourth, and Rapha the fifth. The sons of Bela were Adder, Gera, Abihud, Abishua, Naaman, Ahoah, Gera, Shephuphan, and Huram. 
These are the sons of Ehud, who were the heads of the fathers' houses of the inhabitants of Geba, and who forced them to move to Manahath. Naaman, Ahijah, and Gera, who forced them to move. He begot Uzzah and Ahihud. Also, Sha'araim had children in the country of Moab, after he had sent away Husham and Ba'arah his wives. By Hodesh his wife, he begot Jobab, Zibiah, Mesha, Malcolm, Jeuz, Sakiah, and Mirmah. These were his sons, heads of their father's houses. And by Husham he begot Abitub and Elpaal. The sons of Elpaal were Eber, Misham, and Shimed, who built Ono and Lod with its towns, and Bariah and Shema, who were the heads of their father's houses of the inhabitants of Ajalon, who drove out the inhabitants of Goth, Ahio, Sheshach, Jeremoth, Zebediah, Arad, Eder, Michael, Izpah, and Johah were the sons of Bariah, Zebediah, Meshulam, Hizkai, Heber, Ishmarai, Jizliah, and Jobab were the sons of Elpaal, Jacob, Zikri, Zebdi, Elioni, Zilathi, Eliel, Adaiah, Bereah, and Shemroth were the sons of Shemai, Ishpan, Eber, Eliel, Abdon, Zikri, Hanan, Hananiah, Elam, Antithijah, Ifdaiah, and Penuel were the sons of Sheshach, Shamsherai, Shehariah, Athaliah, Jarashiah, Elijah, and Zikri were the sons of Jeroham. These were the heads of the fathers' houses by their generations, chief men. These dwelt in Jerusalem. Now the father of Gibeon, whose wife's name was Maacah, dwelt at Gibeon, and his firstborn son was Abdon, then Zur, Kish, Baal, Nadab, Gedor, Ahio, Zeker, and Mikloth, who begot Shemaiah. They also dwelt alongside their relatives in Jerusalem with their brethren. Ner begot Kish, Kish begot Saul, and Saul begot Jonathan, Malkishua, Abinadab, and Eshbaal. The sons of Jonathan were Merabel, and Merabel begot Micah. The sons of Micah were Python, Malik, Tariah, and Ahaz. And Ahaz begot Jehoiada, Jehoiada begot Alameth, Asmaveth, and Zimri, and Zimri begot Moza. Moses begot Benaiah, Rapha his son, Eliasa his son, and Azel his son. Azel had six sons whose names were these, Azrakam, Bokira, Ishmael, Sheariah, Obadiah, and Hanan. All these were the sons of Azel. And the sons of Ishak his brother were Ulam his firstborn, Jeush the second, and Elephalet the third. The sons of Ulam were mighty men of valor, archers. They had many sons and grandsons, one hundred and fifty in all. These were all sons of Benjamin. Now, the particular line within the tribe which occupies these verses, verses 29 through 40, it's here because it's Saul's line, King Saul's line. It'll be repeated over in chapter 9, verses 35 to 44. We'll look at that in a few moments. And that's as the immediate introduction to the author's history of the kingdom. Here's another point of reference in verse 40. The warrior's grandsons represented the 13 generations after Mephibosheth. 
who was five years old at the death of Saul and Jonathan in 1010 BC, which brings us to the exile of 586. In chapter 9, we have a list of the notable people carried away in the exile of 586 B.C. We begin with verse 1. So all Israel was recorded by genealogies, and indeed they were inscribed in the book of the kings of Israel. But Judah was carried away captive to Babylon because of their unfaithfulness. And the first inhabitants who dwelt in their possessions in their cities were Israelites, priests, Levites, and Nethanim. Now in Jerusalem the children of Judah dwelt, and some of the children of Benjamin, and of the children of Ephraim and Manasseh, Uthai, the son of Amahad, the son of Amri, the son of Emri, the son of Bani, of the descendants of Perez, the son of Judah, of the Shilonites, Asaiah, the firstborn, and his sons, of the sons of Zerah, Joel, and his brethren, six hundred and ninety. Of the sons of Benjamin, Salu, the son of Meshalam, the son of Hodaviah, the son of Hasanuah, Ibniah, the son of Jeroham, Elah, the son of Uzai, the son of Mikri, Meshlam, the son of Shephatiah, the son of Reul, the son of Ibnijah, and their brethren according to their generations, 956. All these men were heads of a father's house and their father's houses. Of the priest, Jedeah, Jehorab, and Jachin, Azariah, the son of Hilkiah, the son of Meshulam, the son of Zadok, the son of Merioth, the son of Ahitub, the officer over the house of God. Adeah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Pasher, the son of Malchijah, Maasai, the son of Adael, the son of Jazirah, the son of Meshulam, the son of Mishlamith, the son of Emmer. And their brethren, heads of their fathers' houses, 1,760, they were very able men for the work of the service of the house of God. Of the Levites, Shemaiah, the son of Hashub, the son of Azraikum, the son of Hashabiah, of the sons of Merari, Bakbakar, Hiresh, Galal, and Mataniah, the son of Micah, the son of Zikri, the son of Asaph, Obadiah, the son of Shemaiah, the son of Galal, the son of Jedithan, and Barakai, the son of Asa, the son of Elkanah, who lived in the villages of the Natophathites. And the gatekeepers were Shalom, Achab, Talman, Ahiman, and their brethren. Shalom was the chief. Until then they had been gatekeepers for the camps of the children of Levi at the king's gate on the east. Shalom, the son of Kor, the son of Ebiaseth, the son of Korah, and his brethren from his father's house, the Korathites were in charge of the work of the service, gatekeepers of the tabernacle. Their fathers had been keepers of the entrance to the camp of the Lord. And Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, had been the officer over them in time past. The Lord was with him. Zechariah, the son of Meshulamiah, was keeper of the door of the tabernacle of meeting. All those chosen as gatekeepers were 212. They were recorded by their genealogy in their villages. David and Samuel the seer had appointed them to their trusted office. So they and their children were in charge of the gates of the house of the Lord, the house of the tabernacle by assignment. The gatekeepers were assigned to the four directions, the east, west, north, and south. And their brethren in their villages had to come with them from time to time for seven days. For in this trusted office were four chief gatekeepers. They were Levites, and they had charge over the chambers and treasuries of the house of God. 
and they lodged all around the house of God because they had the responsibility and they were in charge of opening it every morning. Now, some of them were in charge of the serving vessels, for they brought them in and took them out by count. Some of them were appointed over the furnishings and over all the implements of the sanctuary and over the fine flour and the wine and the oil and the incense and the spices. And some of the sons of the priest made the ointment of the spices. Mattathiah of the Levites, the firstborn of Shalom, the Korathite, had the trusted office over the things that were baked in the pans. And some of their brethren of the sons of the Korathites were in charge of preparing the showbread for every Sabbath. These are the singers, heads of the fathers' houses of the Levites, who lodged in the chambers and were free from other duties, for they were employed in that work day and night. These heads of the fathers' houses of the Levites were heads throughout their generations. They dwelt at Jerusalem. So in these 34 verses, we find a list of the people who were deported when Judah fell to the Babylonians in 586 B.C. That's recorded, by the way, in Second Kings chapter 24. Jerusalem itself was located within the boundaries of the tribe of Benjamin. You'll notice that the list contains many Levites since the temple was located there. A heavy concentration of Levites dwelled near the temple. Verse 34 sums up the Levitical inhabitants of Jerusalem. Now, in verses 35 through 44 of um, chapter 9 here, we're going to visit Saul's genealogy one more time. Verse 35. Jael, the father of Gibeon, whose wife's name was Maacah, dwelt at Gibeon. His firstborn son was Abdon, then Zur, Kish, Baal, Ner, Dadab, Gedor, Ahio, Zechariah, and Mikloth. And Mikloth begot Shimeam. They also dwelt alongside their relatives in Jerusalem with their brethren. Ner begot Kish, Kish begot Saul, and Saul begot Jonathan, Malkishua, Abinadab, and Eshbaal. The son of Jonathan was Merabel, and Merabel begot Micah. The sons of Micah were Python, Melech, Tariah, and Ahaz. And Ahaz begot Jerah, Jerah begot Alameth, Asmaveth, and Zimri. And Zimri begot Moza, Moza begot Benaiah, Raphaiah his son, Eliasa his son, and Azel his son. And Azel had six sons whose names were these. Ezrakam, Bakaru, Ishmael, Shariah, Obadiah, and Hanan. These were the sons of Azel. These verses reproduce the lines of Benjamin living near Jerusalem. It's basically a repeat of chapter 8, verses 29 to 38, regarding the family of Saul. But its purpose here is to introduce the tragic end to Saul's reign found in chapter 10, which we'll read right now. We have the review of Saul's death, beginning in chapter 10, verse 1. Now the Philistines fought against Israel, and the men of Israel fled from before the Philistines and fell slain on Mount Geboah. Then the Philistines followed hard after Saul and his sons, and the Philistines killed Jonathan, Abinadab, and Malchishua, Saul's sons. The battle became fierce against Saul. The archers hit him, and he was wounded by the archers. Then Saul said to his armor-bearer, Draw your sword and thrust me through with it, lest these uncircumcised men come and abuse me. But his armor-bearer would not, for he was greatly afraid. Therefore Saul took a sword and fell on it. And when his armor-bearer saw that Saul was dead, he also fell on his sword and died. So Saul and his three sons died, and all his house died together. And when all the men of Israel who were in the valley saw that they had fled, and that Saul and his sons were dead... They forsook their cities and fled. Then the Philistines came and dwelt in them. 
So it happened the next day, when the Philistines came to strip the slain, that they found Saul and his sons fallen on Mount Geboa. And they stripped him, and took his head and his armor, and sent word throughout the land of the Philistines to proclaim the news in the temple of their idols and among the people. Then they put his armor in the temple of their gods, and fastened his head in the temple of Dagon. And when all Jabesh-Gilead heard all that the Philistines had done to Saul, all the valiant men arose and took the body of Saul and the bodies of his sons, and they brought them to Jabesh, and buried their bones under the tamarisk tree at Jabesh, and fasted seven days. So Saul died for his unfaithfulness, which he had committed against the Lord, because he did not keep the word of the Lord, and also because he consulted a medium for guidance. But he did not inquire of the Lord, therefore he killed him and turned the kingdom over to David, the son of Jesse. As I mentioned, this is a repeat of the story found in 1 Samuel chapter 31 regarding the death of Saul. The rest of 1 Chronicles deals entirely with the reign of David down to his death in the last chapter of 1 Chronicles. Sometimes life just isn't fair. They both reign 40 years, but David gets 19 chapters while Saul gets just one. Not only so, Saul's chapter just deals with his death. It's worth noting, however, that the reason for the termination of the throne of Saul is found in verses 13 and 14 here. So Saul died for his unfaithfulness, which he had committed against the Lord, because he did not keep the word of the Lord, and also because he consulted a medium for guidance. But he did not inquire of the Lord, therefore he killed him, and turned the kingdom over to David the son of Jesse. So Saul's kingdom was terminated because of his disobedience to God in 1 Samuel chapter 15, that's when Samuel declares in verse 26 of that chapter, But Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with you, for you have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. But a second reason is given by the author of Chronicles here, and that's that episode with the witch of Endor recorded in 1 Samuel chapter 28. Interestingly enough, the incident of 1 Samuel chapter 13 verses 8 through 14 isn't mentioned here per se, Here's what it says in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verses 13 and 14. And Samuel said to Saul, You have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever, but now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people, because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Upon close inspection of Samuel's words here, the punishment for disobedience seems to be that Saul's kingdom will not continue through his descendants. Had it been that Saul had practiced obedience to the Lord as David did, Jews today would be looking for the establishment of the throne of Saul rather than the throne of David. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Faith Bible Church, Paul Walton.